With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jets All The Way, with Mags and Sabo, part of Elite Sports Radio. What is up, Jets Nation? This is the Jets All The Way podcast. I am Jeff Magliache, back for our fourth episode. And call it a new hope, call it what you want, but we'll be talking talking all things New York Jets right now on the Jets All The Way podcast. Some interesting happenings in the New York Jets system this week. We're talking opponents for next season. We're talking some special signings for the Jets, all in the ensuing minutes here on the Jets All The Way podcast. How you doing, folks? This is Jeff Magliacetti, New York Jets beat writer and senior writer for EliteSportsNewYork.com. You can catch my articles there. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Mags, that's Jeff with a G, G-E-O-F-F-M-A-G-S, 5490. You can follow me there over on Twitter. I'm joined, of course, as I am each and every episode of the Jets All The Way podcast by my editor, Rob Sabo. Rob, how you doing today? What's up, Jeff? I'm doing okay. Good, good to hear, good to hear. Now, seems like there's really no sleep at all, no rest for the Jets as we're moving forward right now. Some big signings to discuss in this league. They've added another name to the backup quarterback situation. They've added an Australian rugby player to their practice squad. He won't be eligible to come up immediately. But we're going to talk a little bit about the Jets and what they were able to do this week. Let's talk first about the biggest signing of the week, and that would be running back Ty Montgomery. Montgomery, of course, spent the first four seasons of his NFL career with the Green Bay Packers and had some decent times on his slate there. 
turned was a converted receiver over at Stanford. He went from receiver to running back in the NFL, creating the unusual situation of a running back wearing 88 for the for, for the Green Bay Packers. Had a couple solid years, established himself as one of the primary receiving threats out of the backfield as well, turned himself into a very solid fantasy player. But things came to a crashing halt last season when the Packers released him after an infamous fumble during a game against the Los Angeles Rams. The Packers lost that game 29-27. If you'll remember, Mon Montgomery, who was returning kicks at the time, he tried to take the ball out of the end zone and ends up fumbling a ball that was recovered by L.A., leading to the Packers' loss in what was a difficult season for them. So now he's with the New York Jets. He spent the rest of last season with the Baltimore Ravens, who traded him. As a matter of fact, he was released. He were traded. And now he is a member of the New York Jets. So, Rob, what were your initial thoughts on this signing? Well, I mean, it's, it's good for the versatility. Uh, I, I think he can still play receiver. He can mm. play running back. Yeah. I don't see him as the number two guy. Not at all. Really? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm a huge Elijah McGuire fan, and I think McGuire, um, I mean, listen, Montgomery will get time, but I think McGuire will start out as the backup to Bell come training camp. That's interesting. I've always felt that, you know, this is an opportunity for the, for the Jets. They've brought in a versatile, experienced weapon, one who is used to the rigors of NFL starterhood, but now he comes back and he's going to be a solid op number two option, a solid spell option for Bell. You know, a nice third down candidate, a weapon out of the backfield, because that's one thing that you can never have too much of in today's National Football League, and that's offensive weaponry. We've seen the rise of so many skilled players, and that really just shows how much of a grip that fantasy football has on the football fan and the football analyst's imagination because we've made you know household names out of some guys who have received you know under 500 yards a game uh, or 500 yards a season excuse me so this is an opportunity for Ty Montgomery a little bit to become another weapon in the Jets system it's a, it's an offense that while improved is still somewhat lacking on you know a tip a typical consistent home run type of guy Le'Veon Bell can be one of those things but you see the good teams they usually have about two or three of them on the offense. Sam Darnold, don't get me wrong, he potentially can become one, but he's not at the point yet where he's been a consistent home run option down there. So definitely, you got to keep an eye on him. You got to keep an eye on Quincy and Nunwa, on Robbie Anderson. But Montgomery has a chance to be a solid spell option down there. And you mentioned Elijah McGuire, and I got to say, he had one of the better stories of camp last year in that he, not camp of the season, he got hurt in training camp and had to go on injured reserve, but came back and ended up being a solid contributor to, to, to the Jets late and even got some extended opportunities when Isaiah Crowell was placed on IR. Unfortunately, he didn't really, you know, capitalize too much on them. In fact, he was stuck. He was stuffed in the final three games of the season when he was starting. He did have that game against the Buffalo Bills, scored the game-winning touchdown in that game. That was a heck of a game that was. But this creates one of the more in more intriguing battles as we move on to training camp this summer. As we take a look at, it's going to be Elijah McGuire against Trenton Cannon, both six-round picks over the past two seasons. That's going to be an interesting battle for a roster spot. What do you think, Rob? Hold on one second. I'm moving into the other room. I could hard something's wrong with my connection. Okay. But we we captured everything you said. Good, 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 good. I don't know what the hell is going on with my 
we I got a new router and it's seeming it's just not working as well for some reason. Okay, you're still there, right? Yeah, of course. All right, yeah, I mean, Maguire versus uh, Montgomery, if you think about it, Montgomery is still young, 26, 27, right? But he was forced into a role in Green Bay. He's never come away with over 500 rushing yards. Um, You know, he's really a receiver first. I know he's, he's transformed into a running back. Right. He's an extra piece, and I don't see... What, he was with t- tremendous talent in Green Bay as well. He was with Aaron freaking Rodgers. Oh, yeah. So let's keep that in mind. Um, I just don't see him, his skill set, how we can complement Bell mm-hmm. overpowering what McGuire could do. I mean, things could change, but right now I still see McGuire as that number two guy. I think training camp is going to be extremely important for these guys. You know, it's going to be an opportunity to develop chemistry with not just Sam Darnold, but it's going to be a big time to generate chemistry with Le'Veon Bell as well. And Elijah McGuire, in his favor, what he has working for him is the fact he was able to build a bit of a relationship with Sam last season. I think it worked to their mutual benefit a couple of times. So Elijah McGuire is another type of guy who can be a threat both through the air and on the ground. So he definitely has that working in his favor as well. I'm definitely looking forward to that. It's going to be one of the more intriguing battles to watch this training camp as we move forward. Let's take a look at one of the other low-key fun matchups to watch this training camp. It's going to be at the Jets' quarterback spot. But you don't have to worry about buying your Sam Darnold jersey any just yet because he will be the starting quarterback. The big battle is going to be for his backup position as the Jets have gone out and signed not just Trevor Simeon, which we t- touched upon a little bit in our previous episodes, but he, they also went out and signed Brandon Silvers, a member of the Memphis Express of the Alliance of American Football. Also joining them on the roster will be the retained Davis Webb, the of course who of course is perhaps best known as the New York Giants third round draft pick from a couple weeks back, signed to the practice squad last year and retained on a futures contract this year. Rob, what do you make of the Jets' backup quarterback battle right now? Um, non-existent. Hmm. And why is that? Their backup situation is dire. Dire. I mean, honestly, would you trust Trevor Simeon for a game? Just one game? For one game in a short-term solution, yes, I would. Because Trevor Simeon is the type of quarterback, he couldn't cut it as a starter. But if you look throughout his game log, there are some games where he does have a good, solid individual game. Now, backup quarterback to me has become one of the most interesting and underrated positions in, I want to say, all of sports. Because the right backup quarterback can either make or break your season. The NFL is a physical game. Even the most healthy players have to sit down from time to time. Sam Darnold, of course, missed a few last year, and he had Josh McCown in there. McCown didn't exactly perform on the field, at least last season, but he provided that invaluable experience and invaluable mentorship to Darnold moving forward. Now the Jets have to focus on a guy who, if disaster strikes again, can keep the team afloat for a game or two. And you look at Trevor Simeon, he seems to be the 
ideal solution, maybe even to a lesser extent Silvers, because he gained that he gained that semblance of experience in the AAF. It's still critical. The backup. Mm-hmm. It's not as here's a thought. It's not as important as the '80s back in the day where quarterbacks were actually a football player and yeah. they actually had to take hits. And Jeff Hostetler and Doug Williams had to come in and lead to, lead good teams to Super Bowls. Right, right. But it's still critical, like you said, with the McCown, with the uh, developing of the youngster. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Jets' backup quarterback situation is one of the worst in the NFL, though. Let, let's be honest. I mean, who who rivals it? I mean, yeah, I'd have to go through the entirety of all the depth charts. I, I, I've taken a look at them from time to time because then again, I'm in desperate need of a social life. But one, but things I've noticed over the past few years, the wrong backup quarterback can derail your season entirely because look what happened in Dallas a couple years ago. Tony Romo went down and they had to suffer through the horrible quarterback hydra of Kellen Moore, Brandon Whedon, and Matt Castle. Look at the Green Bay Packers. They had Brett Hundley who was a mid-round draft pick as Aaron Rodgers' backup. He took an injury from Anthony Barr, and Hundley came in and could not get the job done. I believe this was the 2017 season, and it derailed them entirely. Now you have to look at the situation like, look at the Philadelphia Eagles. They had a guy in Nick Foles who he... He had the experience. He had the starting experience. Didn't really have the longevity you expect out of a franchise quarterback. And he went on and took him to the Super Bowl. And the team that they beat to get to the Super Bowl, the Minnesota Vikings, also had the services of Case Keenum back there. Again, a guy who you would un- who you would not under any circumstance trust to be your franchise starter, unless you're, of course, the Denver Broncos. But moving on, you wouldn't trust him to be your franchise long-term quarterback but you could trust him in the short term for a game or two and move forward and keep you afloat while you wait for your other guy or you search for your other franchise quarterback, which the Vikings eventually did in Kirk Cousins, and the Eagles eventually got Carson Wentz back and have chosen to roll with him moving forward. So Simeon is the type of guy, again, his days as being a franchise quarterback are more than likely over, but you know, you bring him on, he will help you keep your team afloat for a game or two. And Silvers could be the same way now that he has a few games of professional experience under his belt. We don't know the slightest thing about Davis Webb at this point. I definitely think this is going to be something to watch as we move forward into su- into spring and later in the summer when training camp starts. Where did uh, Osweiler go? Osweiler? Uh, that, yeah, wow. Brock Osweiler was... I'm, I'm really shocked he didn't join the Jets, especially with two of his because former coaches. He has, the, he has the Adam Gase connection. Yeah, absolutely. He's a free agent right now, as a matter of fact. And I like Osweiler's skill set so much more than Simeon's. Now, maybe it comes down to character. Maybe it comes down to role. Entirely it, possible. Um, but it's aside from you know fitting into that number two hole and fitting into the quarterback's room... Yeah, uh, much easier. I, I don't see how Simeon. I, I could feel more comfortable with Simeon than Osweiler if Darnold misses a game or two. I hear you. I hear you. And the interesting thing about Osweiler is, I uh, we were talking about before is that he was one of those backups that came in and kept the team afloat while the starter rehabilitated. In fact, it was during a Super Bowl season. I think you can argue, in a sense of the word, that if Osweiler doesn't come in during that Denver Broncos Super Bowl 50 season, maybe things end up a little differently. Now, granted, 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 I don't want to say if not for Osweiler, there is no Super Bowl, 
but he's definitely helped keep the team afloat and move forward. He did have, in fact, a win over the Patriots in his starting in his starting tenure when Peyton Manning was out rehabbing an injury. And, of course, they went on to win Super Bowl 50. But, you know, he was definitely a key contributor in that Super Bowl run. And he and I'm just shocked to no end right now that he is a free agent out there. Now, granted, you oh, did, that's, it could, that's, it could that's, be that's, an issue. The Go back, ahead. The backup quarterback is only as good as it's supporting talent. And that's why, um, you know, the Jets' weapons are fine, but the O-line is still really shaky. we got to see how that rounds out at the end of the month before we could really get a gauge for uh, how Simeon, how comfortable we could feel with Simeon if Darnold goes down for a game. Absolutely. 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 Now, we move, now we move forward. We're going to take a look at one more interesting thing that will be going on in training camp this year. The Jets have added a rugby player to the roster. We welcome Valentine Holmes from the Australian National Rugby League. This is such an interesting signing for the Jets right now. He's going to be part of the NFL's International Player Pathway Program. The AFC East were chosen at random to partake in this program, and this is going to be one of the more intriguing storylines of minicamp, of training camp moving forward. And he cannot come off the come off the practice squad this year. He will simply be a part of, excuse me, he will be a part of training camp, and he will get to be he will get to fight for his spot on the practice squad, which would extend to eleven members should he make it. And he will not be eligible to come off, but next season he will be as part of this program. This is such an interesting signing for the Jets right now, Rob, and definitely something I think we could take a look at because he was a, he was actually a star down in Australia. He had five he had five equivalents of a touchdown, known as tries, over in the uh, over in the uh, rugby circles. He had five tries there and actually helped Australia to a World Cup title this past year. So this is going to be one of the more intriguing storylines of camp, I believe. So I was walking down the street the other day, mm-hmm. and it was this guy that passed me and kind of gave me a head nod. Yeah. And I said, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> um, I know that guy as well as I know this guy. Uh, fair, enough, fair enough. So you, you kind of fill me in here. What position are they looking for him to play? You know, what, what, What's the fit here? You look at the Jets uh, roster right now. He is currently listed, I believe, as a returner, a running back, and a receiver. Yes, running to running back, wide receiver, and kick returner. And he actually he actually has some prior experience with Jets coaches to prepare for this NFL journey. He's been going down to the IMG Academy, working alongside NFL draft hopefuls, and working with none other than Leon Washington and former linebackers coach Jim Herman. So just something I thought would be very interesting for our listeners to be aware of, and definitely something that, you know, it's definitely something to occupy ourselves as we reach a bit of the doldrums of the NFL offseason calendar. Oh, yeah. And maybe uh, Henrik Lundqvist could play safety. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. You, hey, yeah. hey, you never know. You never know. That would, that would be an interesting case. Kevin Knox as a tight end would be okay. Um, you know. I, I mean, Franklin, Franklin Lakina could be defensive end. And uh, the Jets have uh, – they do have a bit of a history with, with rugby players. Remember Ben Graham from the, from the Australian Rules Football League? He was their punter for about four seasons. So definitely just something to keep an eye on and definitely definite fun fact that we hope makes the Jets All The Way podcast just a bit more unique moving forward. Let's talk about something that we can all get on board with right now, Rob, and that is week one of the regular season. Jets got some scheduled news this week, as did the rest of the NFL, in that the quartet 
of summer preseason games was released. Very interesting situation for the Jets in that they will be facing the Giants in week one of the preseason uh, in the annual Snoopy Bowl over at MetLife Stadium. This being done because, of course, the Jets and the Giants play this regular season. And the other three, the rest of the preseason schedule is rounded out with a trip to Atlanta and then home games against the New Orleans Saints in week three, which serves as the de facto dress rehearsal of the NFL preseason starters typically playing deep into that. So definitely something to look forward to there. And that's why they're not playing in week three. They're moving back to week one for that Giants-Jets game. And of course, rounding out with the Philadelphia Eagles, a tradition, a summer tradition unlike any other, watching their practice squads go at it in the final week of the preseason. But moving on to the regular season, it's possible right now the Jets could be playing the Cleveland Browns in week one, definitely spurred on by some online conversation between Odell Beckham Jr. and Jamal Adams. Adams posting a picture of himself in the Jets' stealth black alternate jersey, and Beckham cryptically commented, quote, see you in week one. Rob, Jets, Browns, week ones, what are the pros, what are the cons of this, of this, of this potential matchup, let's just say? Well, first of all, we were discussing before the uh, 50th anniversary um, it does make sense as a Monday night football matchup. Yes. Jets Browns first Monday night football matchup. Um, right off the top, the fraternization of these players, man, they, they want this to be the NBA so much with how the NBA fraternizes and talks via social media. And they're all part of the special little club. Okay. That's just more of it with OBJ and Jamal. Mm-hmm. I wonder if OB, I wonder if the NFL reached out to OBJ. They said, Hey, what are you doing? We haven't released a schedule yet. And you're, you're bringing this noise. Um, but in terms of matchup, I mean, listen, it, it fits perfectly for Monday Night Football. I agree. I agree. Um, the, the Browns have so much to prove. Mm-hmm. It, the train is going a little too far for my liking in terms of the Browns and playoffs and Browns and success. You could have all the flashiness you want. Flashiness doesn't win you uh, games the NFL. It's not about the Landrys and the OBJs and – you got to have a real strong house, real secure foundation. And Freddie Kitchens is unproven. He's a rookie head coach. We don't know who the hell this guy is. We don't know how he's going to make out. So I like it from a Jets point of view to take on that flashiness right away if it comes to fruition. I agree with you 100% on that one. And it's funny you should mention that about the Browns in the sense that, let's face it, there's a reason they're still the Browns, and there's a reason that they still only won seven games last year, and that was their franchise high since they won 10 in 2007. So I definitely think that this would be one of the better matchups that the NFL could look forward to in making their week one game. And let's not forget, you also have the Greg Williams storyline. He, of course, being the first head coach to leave Cleveland with a winning record since Marty Schottenheimer departed in 1988. Remember, Greg Williams was the interim coach after Hugh Jackson got fired last year. And one of the three wins, 33% of the wins that Hugh Jackson earned as a Browns head coach came against the New York Jets. It was that win. It was Baker Mayfield's NFL debut coming in for an injured Tyrod Taylor during week three's Thursday night game. They played a heck of a game. The Browns made up a two touchdown deficit and won the game and they unleashed the Bud Light in Cleveland, winning their first game in over a calendar year. So this is that that definitely has the potential to be a great week one game. It's funny you should mention that about the Browns. Give giving Freddie Kitchens this team right now 
is almost like to put this in Star Wars terms, because of course the episode nine trailer came out yesterday and I can't wait for Rise of Skywalker to put this in Star Wars terms. This is like giving a Jawa or a Porg the keys to the Millennium Falcon, because let's face it, there's so much firepower and it's ridiculous to give a first year coach in a way, all this power, all this responsibility right now we're witnessing in it. We're witnessing it in a way in New York right now when Aaron Boone went straight from the ESPN Sunday Night Baseball booth to the Yankees who had all this firepower and it's gotten mixed results thus far. So I definitely think that, you know, the Browns could be stand to take and be taken down a couple of notches notches and who better to do that than the team whose season they messed up royally last season in primetime than the New York Jets. The NFL schedule will be released later this month and we certainly look forward to seeing times and dates added to the 2019 opponents. Now, I kind of want to end on this schedule. Now, you take a look at the Jets' 2019 opponents, Rob, and I'll read them off to you in a second in case you don't have it in front of you, but I was thinking, what do you, let's say the over-under on Jets' primetime games, and let's call that Sunday night, Monday night, and Thursday night, and even the Saturday games that are rumored to be scheduled. Jets did play one of those last year going up against the Houston Texans in December, and now the NFL has considered moving that moving from a doubleheader on the Saturday before Christmas on December 25th. The Saturday doubleheader could become a tripleheader that date falling on December 21st this year. So you think of the Jets right now, let's say over under six and a half primetime games. Go. So far under. Okay. Okay. Now, now let me say this. Go ahead. It'll be higher than they deserve because they're winning the offseason. Yes. And teams that usually win the offseason get the Madden strategy. They get yes. the Madden skilled player strategy. Teams that win the offseason usually don't win the regular season, but the teams that win the offseason win the primetime slots. Yes. So I'm going to say four. I'll say four. Okay. And which ones do you think those will be at this point? Oh, I don't know. All okay. I can say for sure is the Browns. Yes. Okay. I, I agree with you on that one. So in case, in case you weren't let you go over the 2019 Jets opponents, the home, you obviously have six against the Eastern trio of new England, Miami and Buffalo and the Miami games. Yeah. Those, those will probably get be one o'clock on CBS slots. There's really nothing to be too excited about over the dolphins, unless you're really jonesing over a Ryan Fitzpatrick return to the jets. There's really not much to get too excited about there. But Jets Patriots, I definitely think that the Jets could be in the mix for being the Patriots week one opponent. Remember, the Patriots will not be on the typical defending Super Bowl champion slot on Thursday. That uh, Thursday in September, that will, of course, go to the Chicago Bears this year, and they'll play the Green Bay Packers in celebration of both the NFL's 100th anniversary and the Bears' 100th anniversary. So I definitely think that the Jets will be on the short list of contenders for being the Patriots' week one opponent. They'll get, this, they'll get their rings in the Sunday night game that week. They, here's, not, the, here's the question, Jeff. Go, here's the question. Yeah. Will, will Jets-Giants be Sunday at 1? Ooh, okay. I'm, I'm Right now, at this moment— I give that a four o'clock slot. Okay, so non-prime time. You think non-prime, non-prime time? Non-prime time. It'll be a four o'clock slot, slot, I think, on Fox, yes. Okay. Okay, what do you think on it? Yeah, I think, I think so, too. I think it'll be non-prime time. It will not be prime time because the Giants, yes, they have Saquon Bar. If, if Odell was still there, then yes, you could argue that would be – I could see them making that Sunday nighter. 
I could see that. But Odell isn't there anymore. It might be Eli Manning's last stand against the Jets. So I do not see them making that right now. The Giants aren't worthy because of a Sunday night primetime slot really right now, unless they're playing the Cowboys probably, but right now, or the Eagles, but the Giants probably are not primetime worthy in the sense that who really is left to market? Of course, you might have the Eli Manning farewell tour. Saquon Barkley is still going to be there, but am I really am I really itching to see you know Golden Tate and Antoine Bethea in primetime? I don't think so, but of course, due to the New York connection, the Giants might be getting more primetime games than, again, they deserve. My prediction right now is that the Jets will get seven primetime games right now. I now okay, that's too many. Let's let's say six primetime games right now because you were mentioning how the regular season is is especially the early portions. The schedule always rewards the offseason champions, and here's here are the six that I think will get the will get a primetime slot. I could see one of the Buffalo games going to Monday night. I could see that. Do you agree? Yes. Yeah, one one of the Buffalo games could be Monday night. Or Thursday. Or Thursday. Thursday yeah. or Monday. Yes. It's, it, that seemed to be a tradition, by the way. Jets-Bills on Thursday. So one of the Buffalo games will be a national game. I see one of the New England games as well, so that's two. Uh, I also see the Cleveland game, so that, that counts for half of them right there. The other ones I, could, I see getting flexed. I see the Dallas game at home, Cowboys in the big city for the second time. That will probably be a matchup to watch. I can see that being a Sunday night game. And in fact, the past two times they play, they've both been primetime games. The Both won by the Jets, actually, as a matter of fact. And past three times, as a matter of fact, because 06, they played on, 07, they played on Thanksgiving. 2011 was a Darrell Rebus game where they won on the 10th anniversary of 9-11 in an emotional win there. And the last time they played was a Saturday night game. So I definitely see that quote-unquote tradition continuing. Also on the slate, I see the Pittsburgh game being a primetime game, especially because it might not be at Heinz Field, but the idea of Le'Veon Bell going up his for- going up against his former team in Pittsburgh, that's going to be something to watch. And finally, to round off the primetime slate, at least for right now, their road game in Baltimore could totally see the merits of a Sam Darnold versus Lamar Jackson. Again, two sophomore quarterbacks looking to rule their teams moving forward. So I could definitely see that one being flexed. You look at the Jets' whole schedule right now. The home opponents are the Eastern Trio, the Giants, the Cowboys, the Steelers, the Browns, and the Oakland Raiders. Road opponents this year are the Patriots, Dolphins, Bills once again. And also on the road this year are the Ravens, Bengals, Eagles, Washington Redskins, and Jacksonville Jaguars. Rob, any further thoughts? Good call on the Cowboys. I, I see four Browns Monday night, week one, Cowboys Sunday night. Bills or Dolphins on a Thursday. One of those two AFC's teams. Really? Okay. And then the fourth one, um, I don't know. Plug it in. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go random at some point, but uh, I'll definitely take care of that. But the NFL schedule will be released in full later this month, later this month, excuse me, and we will check back on our progress and see how we did. That'll do it for us today here on the Jets All The Way podcast. We'll be back next week with an NFL draft preview as the Jets prepare to select third in the upcoming draft festivities in Nashville. Or will they? Rob, any final thoughts? Um, no, everything's good. I, I hope they trade down, but uh, I, I my gut is telling me they won't be able to. Fair enough. 
Fair enough. We'll get into further detail next week on the Jets All The Way podcast. Remember, we'll be we'll be on. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on iTunes as we move forward. This is our fourth episode of Jets All The Way, and we'd like to thank you for your continued listenership and patronage. So thank you for listening here on Jets All The Way. Tune in next week for our draft preview. I'm Jeff Magliacetti for Rob Sabo. Thanks for listening, folks. Good night. Today. I want to Part of it, New York, New York. These vagabonds. Thanks for listening to Elite Sports Radio. Stay Right through the very heart of it, New York, New York. I want to wake up in a city. That doesn't sleep And find I'm king of the hill Top of the heap These little towns